So we're going to be moving on, and we're going to keep into our uh, series about worship. And one of the things that I want us to do today is, is pray and believe this prayer. I want you to, I want, as we pray, I want you to talk to God and agree with this prayer and ask him to do these things in your life. It's, that's how you get in the spirit. This is because these are spiritual realities that are received in the spirit. And so I want you to receive everything that's in this prayer. So let's get ourselves in an attitude of prayer. Praise God. God is good, amen. Father, I make a special request, a special request. I'm asking that we as a community life church family would be filled with the deep and clear knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom. I ask that we would have full insight into the ways and the purposes of you, the Most High God. And that you'd grant us understanding. And not just understanding, but Lord, we're asking that you would give us spiritual discernment. I pray, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would help us walk and live our lives and conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of you. Lord, that we would be pleasing to you. We, wanted to, we desire to please you in all things, Lord. And we want to bear fruit. We want to bear fruit. I know that you're going to be looking for fruit when we step into that realm that you live in. And I ask you by the power of your spirit that you would help us do those good works. And I pray, Father God, that you would help us grow. Help us grow and increase in the knowledge of who you are. Give us clear insight and recognition when you're working in our lives. As you lead us, let us recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that you would energize us. <laughs> that you'd rejuvenate us, that you would strengthen us with all power according to the might of your glory. Wow. That we would exercise every kind of endurance, that we would have patient dedication, and that we would have restraint, and even restraint with joy. And we give you thanks, Father. We thank you, Lord, because through Jesus Christ, you have qualified us. You qualified us and made us fit to share the portion, which is the inheritance of the kingdom. I thank you, Father God, that your light is shining bright in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let that prayer just saturate who you are. Let it penetrate your, your incomplete being. And receive it. Receive it. Because God wants you to be aware when he's leading you and guiding you and helping you. 
because God himself will warn you about certain things. So that prayer is going to, if you're praying that in faith, then be ready to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because it says the children of God are led by the Spirit. And so that's a major thing for us to understand how to operate in the spirit realm, to be led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. God is good. <clears throat> well, we're going to continue our series on worship. Uh, we've covered uh, why worship matters. That was the title. We checked out the character of a true worshiper. And uh, we last week was, uh, we not last week, well, the week before Christmas is, is we worship in spirit and in truth. And one of the messages was, where are the true worshipers? And I declare the true worshipers are in here. Amen. Come on now. So I want to touch on something, and we're going to go into it a little deeper next week. But we're going to be talking about uh, worship as a weapon. Worship as a weapon in spiritual battles. The Bible's full of stories about worship being a weapon in the spirit realm. It, worship isn't, we've said this, worship isn't just three songs on Sunday and then it's over. Uh, really, to be a worshiper, it's your entire life. It doesn't stop here when you leave this. Your whole life is a worship to God. And that when we do that, when we really own that ourselves, that will help us become more aware of his presence wherever we go. Because you're actually, if you're born again, the presence of God it dwells within you. And what is really awesome is when you yield to that, you are more aware of God in every place. And that's a worship to him. You're going to be able to thank him for little things because you're going to be aware of it. You're going to see it. You're not going to overlook these things. And when you're in trouble, you're going to be able to call on his name. And know that he has a victory for you. It's good. We said worship really is a celebration of God. It's a celebration of who he is. And it's important for us to find out who he is. We can't just think of God. And when we think of God, we just think of like the universe or something like that. Or... Or, no, he's a person. You understand? He's a person. He's not some kind of cloud nebulous or something. He's absolutely a person. He's got a spiritual body. We're going to see him face to face. Hallelujah. He is actually, if you're born again, he is your father. He's your Abba father, meaning your daddy father. And we could go to him for anything. Because he owns everything. <laughs> Praise God. We also said that worship involves a sacrifice. It's you making a decision, no matter what your circumstances are, that you're going to honor God and you're going to thank him. Because your circumstances change, don't they? And so if we just humdrum and stay in the circumstances, then that's what we're going to end up with. But if in our circumstances we're giving glory to God and we're walking righteously through these situations that we all find ourselves in, we're giving glory to God 
the victory is coming our way. The victory is coming our way. I don't care how long it takes. Some of us are in battles, and we've been in battles for a long time. But the truth of the matter is, when you start giving glory to God in those battles, in the fight, so to speak, and you just like the songs we sing, I'll not be shaken. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to fall off of my faith. I'm not going to start to blame God. Because when we start blaming God, uh, he's the one that's going to be on your side. <laughs> We've got to recognize the truth. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So now we know who to blame. But God comes to give us life and give it more abundantly. Now, let's just don't think of that abundant life as, as a big mansion on the hill and, and cars in the driveway, big bass boat, big bass boat. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> but I do have abundant life. I have abundant life, but I have trouble. But I have abundant life. See, we're going to learn how to use worship as a spiritual, during spiritual warfare, we're going to learn how to use worship as a weapon. When we come in here and we start to worship God, did you sense the atmosphere change? It happens wherever you go. If you worship, like what it says, in Jesus said, in spirit and in truth when we worship him in spirit and truth the atmosphere will change anybody have a radio or like a sound system at home or in their car i suggest you put praise and worship music on because the atmosphere will change i don't know any radio stations but Anyhow, <laughs> even in difficult times, because again, your circumstances will change if you do the right things. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's just amazing. It's with our whole life, our spirit, soul, and body, we worship him. Now, worship, we told you that is, it's involved raising your hand, worshiping, and shout out to God, kneeling down, worshiping, a submission to him, a submission to his ways, his, his, his word. When we recognize that his word says a certain thing, uh, it's, I, give me, I'll give you a real good hint. Don't argue with him. <laughs> Just say, yes, Father. And then here's what you have to do. Help me to follow your word. I have a tendency to go this way or this way. But when you do, you call on him and you ask him for help. He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. See how it is like that? You, you just, ah, I see I've been sinning against this because I didn't know this. But now I know that, Lord, forgive me. I'm going to repent. That means Turn away from it. Repent doesn't just mean, I'm sorry, God. Repent means, I've asked me to forgive you, and then 
come and turn away, asking for help to do that. Because we just prayed that we would have the power, all the power of his might according to his gloriousness. If he can just speak everything we know into existence, I think he's got some glory that we could tap into and receive power. But it's all done in the spirit realm. It's important. Let's take a look at this. This is our golden text. We went to Raymond Bible Training Center, and, and Brother Hagen was, he would teach us, he'd come in and teach us faith library. It's what it was called. And here's what he would always say. The golden text of this series. So here's the golden text in John chapter 4. It says here, yet, you know, turn in your Bibles because we're going to, I'm not putting very many things up on the PowerPoint. I want you to know the word of God. Jesus said this, yet a time it's coming and has now come. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Today we're going to talk about worship as a weapon in spiritual battles. Worship as a weapon in spiritual battles. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians is right after 1 Corinthians. You know, some of you guys really know this. You understand this. It's, it's something that you've practiced and you're standing in and you're established in it. But I, I'm going to be like what Peter says. You know, he says, I'm, I'll be ready to remind you of the things, uh, even though you already know them, you already know them, and you've been established in the truth. But I'm going to bring these things up again, because isn't it good to be refreshed? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to start off with verse 3. I got to understand that we, you know, if, if, if I'm saying that worship is a weapon in spiritual battles, we've got to understand we are in a battle. You got to understand the devil is out to destroy you. He, he doesn't, he hates you. Why? He hates all men. He hates all women. Because one thing that men and women were offered that he was not is forgiveness. Another thing is that men and women were created in his image and likeness, and he was not. And at the very beginning, he tried to overthrow God. And God, of course, put him down through Michael and the archangel. And then what happened is God threw him to this earth. This whole earth was without form. Because the first one was destroyed. And then he recreated everything. And then the devil saw that man was created and given authority and power over the whole earth. 
That was our original state. To walk with God, rule and reign on this planet. But we know that Adam and Eve made that fatal error. And then what happened is that the authority and the, the rental of the earth, so to speak, was given over to Satan because of what they did. They followed Satan rather than following God, and then the lordship was given to him. So now we're in a battle zone. We are fighting the fight of faith. It's a spiritual fight, and we need to know how to fight. Amen? And what to fight with. If we don't know what to fight with, if you well, first of all, if you don't know you're in a battle, you don't know you're in a war zone, well then, trouble has already taken you. It doesn't mean that just because we know it, we don't have trouble. We do have trouble. But greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Amen. We will not be shaken. Can I hear an amen? Because <laughs> our foundation is forever. He is the rock. Praise God. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, that's how we live right now, we do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not the, of the flesh, but divine, listen to this, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. What's it say? The weapons of our, that means we own it. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever our obedience is complete. We're in a war. We, and here's the war is after you. The devil is after you. He's after your welfare. This is what's at stake. Even your eternity is at stake. And your children. He is ruthless. And so therefore we have to understand how to fight the good fight of faith. There are weapons that God has given us. We can find these in the Bible. And it's important for us to understand these weapons weapons that he's given us it's important for you to understand you're in a fight you're in a fight and this scripture is talking about your thought life if we think we're defeated guess what's going to happen you're defeated if you think you're going under guess what you're going under even though it says we have these powerful, divinely powerful weapons to destroy fortresses. That fortress could be your thought life, something you've built up in your mind that's really not even true. <clears throat> you could make your own prison through your thought life. Many people have done it. Many Christians have done it. And that's why we have to be knowledgeable of God's word. 
if we're not knowledgeable of what God has said, if we're not knowledgeable that we have these divinely powerful weapons to destroy these fortresses, we'll stay captive. All along, God has given us everything we need to succeed. And you have it placed within you right now. As soon as you were born again, everything came to you. Everything. But in order to do that, that means we have to understand the Word of God. We have to grow in the things of God. We have to start dropping off those old ways of thinking and take on the way God thinks. He said his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But he's inviting us to take his thoughts so that we can walk in that level that he's prepared for us. And there's a saying in AA, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll do something. But let's don't get to that spot. Let's take up the word of God and start moving forward. Let's recognize our thought life is very powerful especially when you put your faith to it. When you start to believe something, that's faith. Faith. What is faith? The Bible declares the spirit of faith is, I believe, therefore I speak. So we have to watch out what we're saying. If you keep saying the place you are, the circumstances you are, you keep rehashing the same stuff, you're just putting another building block on your fortress. Here it is. Oh, look at this. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Wait, I need to get something up here so I can get higher. <clears throat> All the while, that thing should never be in our lives. Because we have divinely powerful weapons for the destruction of fortresses. We're destroying arguments. That argument is probably with yourself. <laughs> I can't. I am. I'm not. I don't have. Am I talking to the right people here? Because this is, this blankets the whole world, folks. The I can't. I, I'm dumb. I can't. It always happens to me. Everything I think is no, that's not good. Everything I touch is failure. Everything. Am I talking to you? Look, we got to change that because the spirit of faith is I believe in my heart and I speak. If we start to say I'm a success when things are starting to look like you're a failure, you just keep saying, I'm a success. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in you. Is God successful? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. And therefore, you are successful all the time when we put our faith to it and we start activating our faith. That's a weapon of our warfare. We, we, we recognize today as we worship the atmosphere in this building change. You know, the atmosphere in your heart will change. The atmosphere of your mind will change. Unless you're just sitting there like a bump on a log, you'll get nothing. All the while, the presence of God is waiting to knock on your heart's door. And come in, please come in. Do you know how sometimes these battles that we're in can be very specific to you? It's because... 
The devil knows you. The devil's been around a long time. The devil and all his demons have seen you grow up. They know your weaknesses. And they'll play on them. And then here's what's the problem. Here's, it's just like this. The devil comes by, gives you a thought, and runs away because he's afraid of you, really. And then you just stand in that thought and go around and around and around. But if we take God's thoughts because they're higher than our thoughts, we recognize that's, that, that's not my thought. That devil put that thought in my mind. I don't think that way anymore. See the weapons of our warfare starting? You can do this. You can do this. And you know what? I've been doing it a long time, but that doesn't mean I've got it markered. I, I can't. I still fall into this. I still flub up. But I'll tell you what, because of the Spirit of God, it catches me quicker than it was like two, three years ago. So the victory comes faster. Praise God. And it can happen to you too. You know, what is the devil trying to get? He, he's, he's trying to get you to doubt. And again, he's trying to get you to blame God. And as soon as he can get you, it, it's God's fault, this, God, why didn't God, you know. But the real perpetrator is the devil. Let's don't allow that to flip. Let's put it right up. Let's walk in the light. Because when we walk in the light, we're going to see the tactics of the devil and put him under. We're going to stop him from starting to take our territory. Amen? I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6. It's toward the back of the Bible. It's right after Galatians, right before Philippians. Praise God for this word. It's word. It's word. See, the devil's trying you to make you blame God. He's trying to take your passion for Christ away. And he slowly does it so that you don't notice right away. But if we're aware of what he's doing, we're not going to let him do that. Amen? Worship as a warfare. Worship as a weapon. Worship as a weapon. You've experienced already today. Change the atmosphere here. You can hear from heaven. It's clear. If we just put on a rock station and listen to the classic rock, well, that's what you're getting. I mean, look, we were old hippies, so we know those musics. <laughs> we listened to them over and over and over and over and over. But now things change. We start listening to worship music. And there's some great worship music. And it clears your mind. So we've got to understand we're in a fight. We're in a battle. We're in a war. You called, in Timothy, you are called... Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. Anybody notice sometimes that the circumstances can stay for a long time? <laughs> yeah. What is he trying to do? He's trying to wear you down. 
And sometimes we do get worn down, don't we? But yet, if we understand the scheme of the devil, we'll be able to combat it. And that's our key. Ephesians chapter 6, let's start off in verse 11. And this is important for us to say. Look what he says. Put on the full armor of God. Is that a commandment? Yes, it is. That's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Or it would have said, <laughs> you could, or maybe not. No, but he says, put on the full armor of God that you're able to stand firm. We sang that. I'll not be shaken. Put on the full armor of God so I will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Here's, here's where our battle lies. We're not fighting people. Look at verse 12. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. For we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. But again, the deptipisms... <laughs> Against the powers, here it is. Against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness. Against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural realms. Listen, the supernatural is real. The spirit realm is very real. And when we understand that, and we ask God, for, like we prayed this morning... We need spiritual discernment. I want to see my enemy coming before. I want to see the trap he's laid for me so I can go around it. This is what we ask God. We ask him for spiritual discernment because we're fighting wicked forces, master wicked forces in the spirit realm. They are invisible. Jason read that scripture today. What we see is perishing, but what we don't see is eternal. We need to find out and see who we're fighting. Okay, what do we read first? Uh, I'm not, I don't want you to get, oh, no, they're here. Oh, they're everywhere. Hey, look, they were at church when Jesus was there. Come on now. But here's the key. What was it with the first scripture we read? Our weapons are not of the flesh. Okay, they're divinely powerful for the destruction. I like that word. Destruction. You understand that God has given you authority in the name of Jesus. He's given you authority in the name of Jesus you have weapons that are divinely powerful. Let's go back. Verse 13. Therefore, because we're fighting these invisible forces, these supernatural beings, therefore, because of it, take up the full armor of God. I say he said that twice, so it must be important. So that you'll be able to resist on the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having the belt 
around your waist of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you're going to be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Flaming arrows. You know, those are thoughts that come to you, suggestions, impulses, impressions. We've got to find out the source of those things. And when you find out the source of those things, you can put it under. You can stop it from manifesting in your life. This whole thing is like seed being sown. You keep saying what you believe, you're planting seed, and it will manifest. If you go bad or good, you've got to take a look at it. Who's responsible for it? We're responsible for what we think and what we say. God is inviting us. He's inviting us into the battlefield that's already won because of Jesus so that we can fight the good fight of faith. So how does, how does worship become a weapon? How does worship become a weapon? Turn to, uh, turn to Acts chapter 16. How does it become a weapon? Now, you know, you could logically think that this is the craziest thing you ever want. This is the dumbest thing that a weapon of worship is a weapon. You could be stuck in the natural and just tear it apart. But I love what Jesus says here in 1 Corinthians. You stay right there in Acts chapter 16. Jesus, Jesus says this. He says, where is the wise man? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish the wisdom of the world? The wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. It's foolishness. So our, our carnal logic doesn't hold any weight with God. What holds weight with God is his word. <laughs> Acts chapter 16, I'm going to... Go right to where I'm talking about here. Let's go down to uh, verse 22. This is this, this, in this chapter, Paul gets what is called the Macedonian call. Paul is trying to go and preach the gospel. And everywhere he's thinking of going, the Spirit of God stops him. Nope, don't go there. Oh, don't, don't go there. Oh, don't go there. See, being led by God means sometimes he's going to stop you from doing something. Not always go, 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 go. He's going to say, stop. Wait. Wait. But then all of a sudden he has a vision. A man from Macedonia says, come over and help us. Come over and help us. So he, I love what it says there in this scripture. He says that he immediately made arrangements to go. When God is asking us to do something, I think we should not be uh, slow about it. <laughs> and so he goes. 
He finds some people at prayer down by the river. I like that. They're praying down by the river. He's preached the gospel to them. There's a woman there named Lydia. She's a, a, a dealer in purple. So purple was big back then. It was hard to find. And so this woman is wealthy. But she gets saved. And so they kind of make a home base at her house. And then as they go to prayer every day, there's a slave girl who had a spirit of div divination, fortune-telling. Okay, that's a spirit, folks. I want you to understand. It's a spirit. And those spirits know things. They know things. They're called familiar spirits. They've been with you most all your life. So they know things. They know your weaknesses. So this girl, which is pretty amazing, I thought it was really great that she would be yelling out to people as they're walking down to the river, saying, these men are here to tell you the way of eternal life. <laughs> I would be thinking, that's good advertisement. <laughs> because that girl made a lot of money for the, the owners of her. Well, Paul gets frustrated and casts the demon out in Jesus' name. The, the demon immediately leaves. Now, the owners of this slave girl recognize that she, can't have, she doesn't have this demon anymore, so they can't make money. So they complain to the authorities. They go down to the magistrates, and they say, these people are coming and disrupting. They're Jews, and they're coming up and disrupting, telling us things that we don't want to know because we're Romans. Magistrates get all fired up because these people are rich and they have sway. And so they, they grab Paul and Silas and they line them up. It says they rip their clothes off and beat them with rods. That doesn't sound very fun. People are getting saved, casting out a demon. City should be rejoicing, right? <laughs> they get beat with rods. They get beat. Think about it. They're getting beat with rods, and we're battling thought processes. That's not a bad trade-off, huh? <laughs> oh, you're disliked on Facebook, sorry. Oh, no, it's wrecked my life. <sighs> They're getting beaten. It says many blows, many blows. So they're, they're like this, locked up with their arms and getting beaten. And then they tell the jailer, put them into prison. So they get thrown in jail. Their backs are bleeding. They're hurting, folks. All because they're doing the will of God. All because of the will of God. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against them. The chief magistrates tore their robes off proceeded in order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw him into the prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. The inner prison couldn't be very good, huh? Now about midnight, Paul said to Silas, Oh, Paul, Oh, Silas, my back is hurting so bad. I thought following God would be good. Ah, look where we're at. <laughs> I know, Paul, my head feels like it's split open. 
and my feet are hurting, and it's dark in here. Oh, we complain, don't we? <laughs> Shame on us is right, city. <laughs> but here it is. Now about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and what? Singing hymns of praise. Singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Talk about changing the atmosphere. What happens here? Suddenly... Everybody say, suddenly. suddenly. Suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. That's changing the atmosphere, folks. <laughs> when the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, thinking all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself, for we're all here. And the jailer asked for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, I guess so, huh? Trembling with fear, fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, What? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Is one soul being saved worth your discomfort? What, what brought about this miracle? Worship. Worship as a weapon. Worship as a weapon. Do not discount this in your daily battles. Because we all have daily battles. Please do this. When you're having a battle in your home, turn on a worship music. Turn it on. Turn it on. Listen to that worship music. If you know the words, sing the words with all your heart. Sing the words with all your heart. And laugh at the devil. Laugh at the devil and laugh. You know, he's a prideful being. If you start laughing at him, he'll run away. Listen, this is a way to do spiritual warfare. Again, you could talk yourself out of it with logic. Can't, can't you? Oh, yeah. oh, this doesn't mean anything. You can't do that. Well, I can't believe it would do something. You know what? You don't know the spirit realm. The wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. It's foolishness. But when he asks, go ahead, praise team, come on. When he asks us, or he tells us, this is the way. This is the way. It doesn't make sense. It's actually dumb to do this. But this is the way. Follow him. Follow him. Praise and worship. When you turn that music on in your home, you know the words. Lift your hands up. You know, you're doing spiritual warfare when you do this. Lift your hands up. Worship you, Lord. Magnify you, Jesus. Magnify you. Oh, Holy One, I give you glory and praise. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Lord God, that my future is good. You start doing things like that. 
Maybe you want to fall to your knees and do it. My gosh, let's submit to God. He's worthy, isn't he? Oh, my goodness. He is worthy. He is worthy. I want everybody to bow their heads. Father, I'm asking you to imprint this on our hearts. Imprint this on our hearts. Help us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to use worship as a weapon in our battles against the devil, wicked forces. Let us, by faith, believing in our heart and speaking with our mouth, offer up worship and praise to you to glorify your name, to enforce the victory that you've given to your people. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for doing that. Oh, we worship you. Do you know that if you're here today and you're not born again, you, you are already captured? You're already captured. But Jesus is bidding you come to him. He's saying, come. Come. There's a great example of things. You know, if Jesus was born in a, in a palace, some of us might think that we're not, well, I shouldn't go in there. But he was born in a stable. Everybody could go into a stable. Anybody can go into a stable. And nobody's intimidated by a little baby, are they? No, this tells you that all are welcome. Anybody can come. Anybody can come. Jesus came to this earth as a child and he grew up. He lived a perfect sinless life because he's the son of God and the son of man. And his mission was to go pay the penalty for sin and death. Your sin and death. My sin and death. He willingly went to that cross and was crucified. He was tortured. Tortured for you, tortured for me. He died. The Bible says he became sin. Sin wasn't just placed on him. He became sin. And God is a just God. And all sin paid a wage of death. Jesus went to the grave. For three days, he was paying the price of the sin of the world. But most important, he went and paid the price for your sin. Your sin. Every single one. Third day, he rose again victorious over sin because he had paid the price. And now... He's offering new life. He's offering forgiveness of sins to anybody. Anybody. People might say, well, I've really done some bad things. His, his, his love for you is greater than your sin. If you're here today and you haven't really given Jesus your life and say, I need forgiveness of my sins, Lord. 
simply raise your hand right now. We'll pray a prayer and you'll be born again. That means that old sin nature will be removed off of you and you will get a new nature. A miracle will happen. The Spirit of God will come and recreate your spirit. It's the miracle of all miracles. It's a hidden work. Just like that baby in a manger. Right in a stable. If that's you, I'm asking you to raise your hand. Okay, Father God, thank you, Jesus.